0: Do you believe? I want to believe. Every October, I like to put together short stories on weirder things from around South Florida. Last year, we had Skunk Ape, a.k.a. the Bigfoot of the Everglades. We had a story about a creature seen by two kids walking through a neighborhood late at night in Okeechobee. And we had a story about the supposedly haunted Desert Inn in Yeehaw Junction. This year, I wanted to take a small look into something that I personally have always been interested in, UFOs. Science fiction and Hollywood movies have long been fascinated by scenarios of invasions from other planets. I'm here to discuss the so-called flying saucers. We can say that the recent sightings are in no way connected with any secret development by any department of the United States. With all due respect to the Air Force, I believe that some of them will prove to be of interplanetary origin. One case, pilots reported their plane was buffeted by an object which passed them at 500 miles an hour. Obviously, this was a solid object, and I believe it was from outer space. Space. Last summer, the United States government admitted that there were multiple confirmed sightings by naval pilots of UFOs. Well, the U.S. government has released an eagerly awaited report on unidentified flying objects. In night vision video from a Navy destroyer, a mysterious flying triangle above the deck of the ship, the Pentagon confirming the images obtained by documentary filmmaker Jeremy Corbell were taken by Navy personnel, expected to be a part of a report on unidentified aerial phenomenon to be presented to Congress this summer. One of the more stranger things to come out of those releases, or just something that stood out to me for some reason, was a video of a UFO flying into and out of the water. But some of the objects go beyond just flying in the sky. One shows a spherical object dipping into the ocean, similar to an incident in Puerto Rico, where an object was tracked buzzing an airport, then flying into the water, popping back out before appearing to split into two and disappearing. Imagine a technology that can do six to 700 G-forces, that can fly at 13,000 miles an hour, that uh, it can evade radar, and that can fly through air and water and possibly space, and oh, by the way, has no obvious signs of propulsion, no wings, no control surfaces, and yet still can defy the natural effects of Earth's gravity. I had never heard of a UFO flying into the water like that. It's something I'd never considered before. When researching UFOs around South Florida for this episode, I came across something that sounded eerily familiar. Way back in 1967, in the May 27th edition of the Sun Sentinel, there's a story on local UFOs that, towards the end, contains this sentence. Quote, There are many reports from people living around Lake Okeechobee of UFOs being sighted During the winter months, seen going into the water and coming out of the water. It's such a weird detail. And this is way back in 1967, long before the military had released any video of UFOs doing the exact same thing. But that got me wondering. What other UFO sightings have there been around Lake Okeechobee? And I found one that I'd like to share with you here today. On October 12, 1994, a man named Richard Garo had just got done with a long day of engineering work for a client in Boca Raton. He and his coworker made the drive to Okeechobee and sat down to relax for the night along the rim canal of Lake Okeechobee. Not long after arriving by the lake, the two men fixed themselves a drink and walked outside next to the rim canal. It was a calm, clear, moonless night in Okeechobee. Then. Coming from their right along the canal, they saw a light. Guerreau at first assumed it was a helicopter with a searchlight. Maybe they were looking for someone in the canal. But as the light got closer, he realized it wasn't making any noise. As the light approached them, Gouraud said he saw a disc flying slowly, maybe only 20 miles per hour. As the disc moved, it gave off a bright white glow with a hint of yellow. It came to a stop 250 yards away from the two men, 100 feet past the ridge of the levee that runs around the lake. Sitting there, completely motionless, suddenly two small lights appeared on each side of the craft. Then, Guru sensed a projection of thought onto him. This emotion or feeling of euphoria being sent from the craft to his head. Next, he hears a voice inside his head. The voice says, we know you see us. Would you like to meet us? Suddenly, a cloud of mist begins growing out of a tiny port on the craft. Arks of light emanate out of the same port and help the cloud grow. He describes seeing something growing inside the cloud, a type of sped up biological process where cells would connect with other cells the way water drops connect with each other as they roll down a windshield from there the cloud descended rapidly to the two men swiftly engulfing them immersed in the mist garro struggled to see anything then down to his right he sees motion a small person no bigger than a five-year-old runs past them followed by another Guro is hit with the realization that he just watched these beings grow biological bodies so they could walk on this planet Next he remembers blankness, nothing. And then, just looking out at the canal. Their minds were completely blank. The next morning, the two struggled to put their thoughts together. Months later, Garou called his friend to see if he remembered the ship talking to them. He replies, they didn't talk to me. All he could remember was a fast-moving light. Over the next few decades, Garou would have visions of what happened that night. He would stay in Okeechobee and process what happened. He'd go on to write a book about the incident and was interviewed on the Martin Willis radio show in 2014. We had a hard day at work, so we decided to come out of the hotel and come on out to uh, Okeechobee where will have a shack. and just kick back. So uh, we did that, and we no sooner got here and went outside by the canal just to get some air when uh, this light was coming down the canal. And uh, what it turned out to be is a, a UFO. Garou would go on to say that during the encounter, the aliens loaded his brain with information. Information on how the world was going to end. They gave me the sequence of the end of this world. The main message is this is a dying world right here and now. And it's here where the story takes a strange religious turn. Decades after the incident, Garo said he now realizes that he's a prophet. And this knowledge has led him to meeting other elders of this world, including right here in Okeechobee. His book is called The Last Prophet, and it's a lot. I ordered a copy from Amazon, and it may be the biggest book I own. The 562 page count makes it longer than any of the books in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The book is worth checking out if you're curious, but uh, be warned, it gets a little wacky. It sounds weird to say I believe the alien part more than the prophet part and the predictions of the end of the world, but I kind of do. My name is Richard Marion, and this is True Oki.